Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. We're live here at Mio's in Clifton. And as always, if we can give a huge shout out to Rich and Kelly, the owners for making this happen. Raise the roof. We can also give a shout out to Stu Holt and Colin Cruzy, our producers for making the production of this happen. Now, after tonight's podcast, there will only be six more Bearcat home games. So we will be here before every home game, two hours. The podcast will go one hour, two hours before every home game. So far, we've had Keith Greger, Deontay Vaughn, Zach Tobler, Corey Blunt, who's in the house. Can we give a round of applause for legendary Corey Blunt? We've also, yeah, legendary. We've also had Art Long, Donald Little, Yancey Gates, and Andre Tate. Now you can go on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify and listen to the podcast. You can also find us on YouTube under Shine One Media, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Now this next segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They now have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. My next guest goes down as one of the greatest shooters in UC Bearcat basketball history, and also one of the great personalities in UC Bearcat basketball history. Fans absolutely love this guy, and I still walk around Cincinnati, and I see people wearing number 15 jerseys. He played for the Bearcats from 2002 the 2004 under the legendary coach Bob Huggins. If you guys could give a round of applause to my guy, number 15, Tony Bobbitt. <laughs> TB, what's up? Say what's up to the Bearcat fans, man. Hello, 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 Bearcat Nation. Now, yeah. now TB is fresh off a of flight from Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Where we, when I played, we had one of our tournament games out there in, in Boise. Exactly. Uh, tell everyone what you're up to these days and talk a little bit about your family. These days, these days, um, you know, with, these, with the AAU program, just coaching basketball. And now that my eight-year-old is playing basketball, I'm, I'm into it with him now. But That's your oldest? No, that's my youngest. Youngest. Um, just... You know, trying to give back, man, that's about it. Nothing much. I mean, I can't play no more ball, so might as well just. Now, you said you can't play ball anymore. You were nah. telling Corey that you could, you could still shoot, though. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I play ball. I come home, and I'm, you know, I'm stuck for like two days, so I have to tell Jen that I'm. I got to give it up. So those days are over with, man. I, hey, I understand. Now, is this the first time, and we're going to the Bearcat game after this, is this the first time that you've been back to a Bearcat game since you've played? Yeah. Corey, when, I, I, the last time I came back was 2008, Corey. Me and you sat courtside. Okay. Yep. It's been a long time. Bearcat fans will definitely be excited uh, to see you. So you haven't seen the new arena. It's been renovated. I saw it today. Oh, that's and, right. You went over to shoot around. And I will say this. As Bearcat you know, fans, we, we should support that over there. Um, as far as Coach Wes Miller, we played basketball at the University of Cincinnati, so I'll be the first to say this. It's cool to be a fan, and we appreciate that. But Coach Wes Miller, we got a great coach over there. And I honestly think that we should support not only just the arena, but we should support him as well. Yeah, 100%.
So you went to shoot around and, and tell everyone about your experience at shoot around and talking with Coach Wes Miller. His, his attention to detail. Um, it's guys like us that want to come back. It's not the fans. I'll be the first to tell you. It's not you guys the reason why we don't come back. We didn't come back for certain reasons. And, and it's a sensitive subject to me. It's a sensitive subject to Corey. We believe in Bob Huggins. And despite what they think about Bob Huggins, Bob Huggins changed a lot of our lives. We're inner city kids with nothing. And we were able to build an empire behind a guy that fought for us. So I'll be the first to tell you, if nobody ain't tell you the truth, because I'm a Bob Huggins guy all day, every day. But again, Wes Miller deserves a chance. He really does. Coach Miller deserves a chance. That's where I'm at with it. Did you get a chance to uh, talk to the guys at shoot-around, some of the players? I did. And it's different from watching, it's different from when Corydon was playing and our era and this new era now. We can all, you know, we can all say, you know, this and that. But at the end of the day, when you play at a university, you must support your university and you must support your youngsters over there, you know? They're different. We, I'm pretty sure Corey said the same thing about us. We were different. But I will say this, they stick together like glue from what I saw today, so I'm all for it. Good. Now, now Tony, we're going to jump into this year's Bearcat basketball team at the end of the podcast, but I want to talk a little bit about you um, and your journey. And we are live here at Mio's with former Bearcat great, number 15, Tony Bobbitt. Now, let's go a little bit through your hoops journey. You're originally from Daytona Beach and played hoops at Mainland High School. Yes. Uh, you played with? Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Talk a little bit about that, because he's, you know, he played in the NBA for 100 years. He's retired now, right? Grandpa. <laughs> I'm surprised he hadn't gotten a 10-day. Man, I tell you, to be honest, Corey can go get a 10-day right now. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Hey. As he's eating that pizza. <laughs> he can make, <laughs> he make a 15-footer. LeBron, I mean, you, hey, you can make a 15-footer. I tell you. My rookie season, I played with Corey. Me and Corey are in L.A. together. And um, we were sitting in the training room. And this is a true story. Phil came up to Kobe came up to um, Corey and said, you know, a lot of you Bearcat guys are tough. And, you know, Bob Huggins has built something into you guys. But what in the hell is wrong with Tony? <laughs> And Phil told Corey, Phil said, the only way I Phil, put him Phil in, Jackson. Phil Jackson told Corey, in training camp, the only way I put, I put Tony on this team if you watch over Tony. And Corey watched over me. Yeah. Do you think you did a good job, Corey? Hell yeah, he did. Yeah. Great yep. job. Absolutely. Uh, well, let, let's take it back. Let's go back to, uh, to high school. And, you know, you obviously play with uh, Vince Carter. So you wore 15, and who wore 15 in high school? Because he's 15 as well. Vince wore 15. I wore 32. Okay. So what was the deal with that? So the story is Vince went to state, Vince went to state three years in a row. I came in as an eighth grader and took them. We won the state tournament. Okay. We won the state championship. My high school coach believed in Dean Smith so much, he didn't believe in starting freshmen. Okay. But he had no choice. Coach Brink had no choice to start me because everybody else wasn't getting the job done. Okay. And Vince got tired of going to the state tournament and losing. Now, Vince Carter might be, is, I, I say, Vince Carter is probably Florida's all-time best high school player of all time. Okay, I can just, see that. Just like LeBron is for Ohio, right? Sure. Four, three times in a row, couldn't win. So I come in as an eighth grader and win. And we're nationally ranked. So beautiful thing. So so when Vince left, you took over number 15. Nobody. You got retired. Oh, got retired. So then I had 32 and I ran off with three more state championships because Vince has one. I have four. And then they just retired my high school jersey. So 32 and 15 and 22 were put on the wall. Nice. So when, when you got to UC, just to jump ahead, you went to number 15. Yeah. Why is that? Because I respected what VC did. And where we come from, 
I don't know. Like, like I tell kids all over the world, when Corey was coming up, Corey had a chance to see NBA basketball players in his gym, which, which made him better. When we were coming up, we don't got no NBA pros, you know what I'm saying? So playing with Vince and learning the game, I had to go 15. Yeah. And come on, man, didn't nobody wear that 15 better? Yeah. Don't nobody wear that 15 better? <laughs> so after high school, you ended up at Southern Idaho. Yes. Okay. In uh, the best junior college basketball player in the country. Okay. As Corey laughs. Uh, yes. <laughs> so at that point, you're being highly recruited. Yes. All right. Um, give us three schools that recruited you, along with the Bearcats, obviously. Bethune, Cookman, FAMU. <laughs> <laughs> Naming all the HBCU. <laughs> nah. Um, let's see. Put it this way. I'll say this, and I mean this. He can relate to this. He's a junior college player. We were recruited anywhere in the country but Duke and Carolina. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it, so, so when it came time, you know, when the Bearcats recruited you, who was the main person on recruiting you? What assistant coach? Do you remember? Oh, Andy. Andy AK. Kennedy. AK recruited Shout out you. to AK, UAB, man. Andy Kennedy, good dude, very AK. good dude. And, and so what, what made you want to come to the University of Cincinnati? The Jordan brand. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. I mean, honestly, a Cincinnati Bengal football game, or, or, or when you got guys like Ken Griffey, when you walk in Hugs office, Ken Griffey sitting in there or his dad sitting in the office and you get a limited tickets. That's what brought us here, man. Just the whole the love. vibe. Yeah. The whole vibe. You want to be a part of that family. Yeah, Alex, for real. Absolutely. So let's jump into your first year, 2002, okay. 2003. Okay. First season with the, with the Bearcats. And we could talk, oh. we, could, we, we, on, we live, right? We could talk real, like me quitting the team. Oh, we're gonna coming get, back. Oh, we're okay. we're getting into all that. You, okay. you know I'm not leaving anything out. If I leave anything out, you definitely let me know. All okay. Right. Okay. So tell everybody your first year. Who are some of the guys you played with? Tony, 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 <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. Of course. Nah. Um, I tell you what, Bearcat Nation, I really enjoy. I really enjoyed playing with Leonard Stokes. Leonard Stokes? I really enjoyed Leonard. Yep. Lenny is, we get all the credit for scoring points and, and exciting the crowd, but Leonard Stokes should go down as one of the smartest guys to ever play basketball at the University of Cincinnati. Mm. And I mean that. Leonard IQ was just on point all the time. There's just certain guys. There's certain guys that play at UC that, do, that don't have NBA talent. Like Herb Jones, God, you know, God rest his soul. I played with Herb in Italy, and you'll be amazed that that's a walking double double. So it's like, I don't know, man. I played with Leonard Stokes. I got to give Lenny his credit. Lenny, to me, seriously. Real, real quick, before we jump back into Lenny, can you talk a little bit about Herb Jones? Obviously, he passed away, and definitely a Bearcat legend, Hall of Famer. What was your time like playing with Herb Jones? I was playing in a little town in Italy, right outside of Naples, called Avellino, Italy. And when I got to the team, the coach pulled me to a side and said, Tony, there's a guy that played at UC that was real good. I was like, he can't be better than me. I'm like, who are you talking about? And he said, Herb Jones. And I'll be honest, I used to ask Corey all the time, and maybe some of these fans can help me, because you guys saw it. I didn't know who Herb was until tip ball. And when they tipped the ball off, I probably touched the ball three times. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably finished the game at the age now, at the age of 35. Wow. Herb probably finished the game with probably 35 and 10, 12. Herb Jones in my book. Herb Jones. Uh, hey, can we give a round of applause to Herb, Herb Jones. Jones? Seriously. One of the Bearcat greats. You also played with uh, your first year with Max Seal. Oh, uh, man. 
Field Williams. James White. Eric Hicks. Ooh, my boy. You want to speak on some of those guys? Ooh, my boy. My boy, Eric Hicks. How, I, I don't know if we got any Eric Hicks fans in here, but ooh. We do. Ooh. Gentleman right there is clapping. Eric. Eric, Eric was. I talk about Lenny IQ, and Corey, you coached Eric. Eric, Eric Hicks has one of the highest IQs, too. Eric Hicks can play the game. Now, what you did not want to do to Eric, if, if, if the score is tied, you need to hold the ball and you get fouled and go to the free throw line. We're not giving Eric the ball. <laughs> so, if, you know, if Eric gets mad, then that's just, okay, we're cool with that. I played with Kareem Johnson. Jabber. I played with Jab. I played with... Yep. I played with Eugene Land. Yep. Oh, my God. Roger Bacon's finest. Who else? I played with B.J. Grove. Let me see. Let, let me ask you this real quick before, before you jump into all these names. You, you mentioned a lot of personalities. In, in, in TV, let's be honest. You are a personality. Eric Hicks is a strong personality. How does Coach Huggins blend you guys together? And, and not only your group, but even the groups prior to and after you. What, what, what's magical about Huggs and his staff blending all these personalities together? That's a good question. Ain't nobody ever asked that question. Well, Huggs was always the leader, and we followed. Yep. So he always said, keep up and shut up. I don't know. Um, we, we were, I don't know if this, I don't know. We were able to just hold each other accountable and we, we were different. That's a good question, Alex. Um, I can't even answer that question because we all had different personalities. Very much so. And, and, and I think one thing, and, and tell me if you agree with this, the one thing that was really great about Coach Huggins' style is that He'd have all these different, per you know, Phil would come out with the big afro, with the braids, and, and just, but he let you be you. And I think that yeah. was the key. He, he didn't try to make you fit into a box and say, you've got to be like this. He's like, Tony, you are who you are. Be you. I recruited you. We recruited you to be Tony Bobbitt. You agree with that? That's like Alabama getting rid of Saban. Mm-hmm. I mean... You guys want to know the truth. You want me to do a podcast. I can't come up here and BS it. We got rid of a legend. Like, come on, man. I don't, man. I'm telling you, like, Wes Miller, Wes, Wes is going to do some things, but, but Hugs was, when I talk to Jen, mm -hmm. I talk to my girl about it all the time. Hugs was special to play for, Alex, and you know it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know it. When Absolutely. we look back at it, when we look back at it as kids, we were really blessed, man. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we got criticized, we got talked on because of the graduation rate, and all of us got degrees. <laughs> they, say, they, they, say we don't, they say he didn't graduate his, 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 his players, and all of us got degrees. Well, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just different. I'm gonna tell the truth. So let, let, let's, ju let's jump in to the season a little bit, your first year. Now I've got a stat here for you. Corey, I want you to listen to this, Corey. Tony's first six games, he only had 28 points. His first six games, I, I looked this up because I know before the podcast, Corey Blunt said we need a fact checker on statistics with Tony. It's not might... how you start, it's how we finish. <laughs> so <laughs> the first six games, he only had 28 points. And then, Bearcat fans, if you remember, when the Bearcats played Oregon, Tony Bobbitt you erupted for 29 points. Jimmy V. He had scored 28 six games prior, but this game he had 29 points in one game. What was the difference for you? What clicked? What happened that game? It's only three of us that played for Bob Huggins in here, right? Us three? So mm, I'll tell yep. you what happened. Huggs left me the hell alone. <laughs> Shit. He left us alone. 
Well, I'll tell you, we had Coach Dan Peters. God bless his soul. Oh, and Coach Pete, Coach Pete put up with a lot of, lot of mess. And I'll tell you guys the, the truth, too. Playing for Bob Huggins is like working on the railroad. <laughs> Either you do or you don't. <laughs> and Hugs didn't care. Hugs will tell you he'll take five walk-ons and win before he take five guys that don't want to listen. So I thought it was a joke when I first got here because I'm a junior college All-American and I'm thinking I'm coming in to play. And it's the summer, speaking of that. So Corey comes down, Corey's playing for the Phoenix Suns at the time. And Hugs hands Corey a playing ticket. Hugs said, here Corey, I'm sending him home. Corey said, nah, you can't send him home. That'd be the worst mistake we, bet we made. Mm -mm. So it's like playing for Bob Huggins, he didn't care who you was. As long as you put in the work and you bought into the system, you get what I'm saying? So, Alex, man, listen, I'm proud to be a Bearcat. I'm proud to say 513 anywhere I go. I mean, I miss it. I don't miss the three hour practices. <laughs> no way. But I miss it. So, that's a great segue. Your first year, Tony, you quit. Yes. Tell Bearcat fans about that. Because, you know, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me set this up a little bit. There are a lot of Bearcat players throughout their history that wanted to quit, that walked kind of out the door, walked back in. Tony, you quit. Yeah. What and, happened? And he came and got me again. Corey Blunt. All the time. He is the That's savior. your angel right there. That is my savior right there. So we play against Marquette, Dwayne Wade. And this is a fact. I play like 17 minutes and I got like 18 points. So I'm like, yo, like, Hugs, what's up? And he's still playing. Uh, listen, man, he's still playing these guys who he believe in. Okay, I get it. So I walk in the locker room. I tell AK, I said, yo, I'm out. He said, where you going? I said, I'm done. So I had a friend here, my boy. I went to crashed in his apartment for like a week, and Coach Legree, Keith Legree, was looking for me. Yep. You think Hugs was looking for me? Hugs was like, let him go. But that's what I respect about a man, because that's what we learn as coaches now, and as a grown man, and I'm a father now. I'm not going to sit here and kiss your butt. If you don't want to be here, get on. But once I bought into the system, and I came back, my whole career changed. Now remember when I came, the game I came back was the Louisville game. Okay, talk about that game. I went off for 28. So you quit, came back, and scored 28. 28. So Hugs made it a joke. He was like, maybe you should quit every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I tell you, but you know, ex explain this to the Bearcat fans that are here. So many Bearcat players played under Huggins, wanted to quit, wanted to walk out the door. But, but it's something about he pushes you, and he tries. So if you think you're giving Tony 100%, he teaches you you're only operating at about 70%. I'm going to get you to 100 And when he pushes you beyond that threshold, sometimes it puts you in a space where I can't handle this. But he gets you there. Right. Corey, how many years Bob Huggins took off your NBA career? Thank you. Enough. <laughs> Corey just answered the question you're looking for. But, but I will say this. You're asking about preparation. When I was able to play pro ball, I knew how to guard my man. Yep. Bob Huggins, we would practice from three to six. Well, am I saying that right, Alex? Three Absolutely. To six? Three to six. Every on, day. Thanks, on Thanksgiving, we would practice from 3 to 6, and he would kick us out at, at, at 5.59 and bring us back from 9 to 12. Yep, see you back. And then kick us out at 11.59 and bring us back from <laughs> 1 to 3. <laughs> so it's called preparation. It was, it was, it was a mind thing with hugs, man. And I'm, like, I, like I just answered your question before, he's able to be a better father. You're able to be a better person, better uncle, and better son because of Bob Huggins. Yep. You took a lot that. of his traits and you ran with it. Yep. And that's just facts. I agree with it. So, Tony, going from your first year to your second year, your last year, your senior year, 
you, you know, once you get, I feel like once you've played for Bob Huggins and you played for a year, you, you, you kind of, you know, you feel like a veteran. Going into your senior year, your second year, how did you feel? What, what type of, you know, going and say, this is my last year. What, what was your mindset going into your last year? The best thing ever happened was um, I didn't go home that summer. So I was able to stay up here with them and work out all summer. And once I realized, I was like, wait a minute, I'm a big key to this team. And honestly, without me, Max, and, and, and James, if, if the team only goes as far as us three at that time. I mean, yes, granted, Phil Williams and Kareem, but we're talking about the goals. Like, and when, you look at, when you look at numbers and you look at, the, and you look at the whole, my whole senior year, you'll notice, like, we all bonded together. Because I, my junior year, we were spaced out. It's, it, it, I, my senior year, we were, and we won. More together. And we won. So that was uh, 2003 to 2004. Right. And you guys had a lot of returning guys. Uh, James White comes in. Yes. Uh, that year. My hero. Uh, um, Robert Whaley. My boy. Came in uh, that year. The expectations were extremely high for this basketball team. And you guys started off the season 13-0. and 0. Woo! And then took it down there to Louisville and got beat by 25 on ABC. <laughs> oh, how about that? Remember that? And then guess what Hugs did, Bearcat Nation? We didn't even get back on the bus to head back to Cincinnati. Guess what he did, Corey? We, we, we practiced while the fans was leaving out of the arena. Facts, man. I played for Bob Huggins, man. I didn't play for nobody else, man. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> like, I played for a real one. <laughs> now, now, that year, your last year, you hit a lot of big shots. Big shot Bobbitt. What were some of your favorite shots? Um, Memphis. Memphis. Um, okay, explain that one. Antonio Burks, the player of the year, uh, Coach, Coach Cal. I'm sorry. Coach Cal is coach of Memphis, and we're here in the shoe. And the game is going back and forth. And Sean Banks, he's a freshman. He's probably got like 30 at the time. And the game is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's tied. And we got the ball back. So I hit the big three. And what I like about watching the film, what I like about watching it is when I hit the three, Memphis came down and instead of getting the easy two and fouling, they, Sean shot up a, a quick shot, or I think it was Rodney Carney, something like that. He shot a quick shot. I got the rebound back. And if Memphis wins that game, they win the conference outright. If we win, we share it five ways. The best, probably the best shot. That shot. I, I mean, a lot of people say the NCAA shot, you know, down in Columbus. Uh -huh. But I like that Memphis shot. Because that Memphis shot, that's, that's Memphis versus Cincinnati. And that's Calipari versus, versus Hugs. So, yep. Memphis. Okay, let's, let's talk about this, though. One, one game that a lot of people, a lot of Bearcat fans like to talk about is the DePaul game in 2004, which was the conference championship. Let's, let's take it back to that game right there. Let's go back to that. Now, you guys beat DePaul twice in the regular season. Remember that? You beat yes. them twice. My senior year. You beat them, I mean, you beat them really bad at home. At, at home. Beat them really, really bad. Uh, you played well and had 19 points that game. Yeah. You were, you were balling. And you, let me give you a quote. You said after the game when you guys beat DePaul, we will not lose here. That was a quote that was in the right. paper. Right. And, you know, obviously very prophetic, but um, you guys get beat. Um, you know, you got beat by DePaul, and you didn't play particularly well right. in one game. You remember what Hug said? Right. I, I don't remember, but it's probably something he made me eat. He made, made me eat my words. Hug said, we should have left Tony Bobbitt at home. <laughs> <laughs> If I had to do it over again, I would have left him at home. So the media asked you about that, and you said, my attitude stinks. He's right. He's absolutely right. I've got to make a change, come out, and we have to beat Memphis. 
Yes. I tell you, uh, we had gotten an argument that, that that next day, and hugs hugs ripped me, as he always do. And I felt like I, you know, put my foot in my mouth and I shouldn't have. <laughs> but, but we beat Memphis. Yep, you did. You we did. beat Memphis. You did. And, and also, we need to talk about. Um, and, and I had a buddy of mine who called me. And he wanted me to talk to you about this. You and I have talked about it before, but the DePaul Conference Championship game, you get hit in the groin with 822 left. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's clear this up. Let's clear this up. For those of you that want to know if the boy really hit me, he did not touch me. At the Conference USA tournament in 2004 downtown, the boy did not touch me at all. Look at the film. I looked at it real closely. All he did was just, but the, but he was the only one from DePaul that could guard me, and I knew that. So he got to go. <laughs> so what happened to him? They, I fell on the ground. I do what I do best. I act. <laughs> he has to go. He got ejected. He got to go. Chest, chest move. Listen, listen. They always catch the guy that's hitting back. They don't never catch the guy to do it first. They caught him. Did he hit me hard enough for me to go down like that? No. No. But he hit me. He shouldn't have touched. He should, why, why is his hand eating nowhere down there? Sorry, LeVar Seal. I'm sorry about that. Um, and he, he gets kicked out of the game. You hit a huge three and had a land. A couple huge threes. Alex, where were you? I, I'm just saying there was come one on, three man. that was like. Come on, man. One into, my bad, my bad, my bad. Come on, tell him, Keisha, where he was, Keisha. Come on, now. We in the building. Keisha, I might need your help. <laughs> I might need your help. Now, you, you were the tournament MVP. Right. You had 17 points that game. Right. Huge. So, going into the NCAA tournament, how are you guys feeling as a team? Ooh. Well, you know how you, know how you get to the tournament and everybody else warming up, laughing, and they on the floor. They get their 30 minutes and they get off. Mm -hmm. One like that with us. Yes, sir. It wasn't like that. Like, I don't know how any other UC team feel, but I know how we felt. Like, by the time you get to the tournament, man, you're exhausted from the season. Absolutely. Especially when you go three to six every day. And that could be an old myth in UC basketball. Like, oh, why UC don't have no national titles under hugs? Bro, we were burnt out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, seriously, though, like, do anybody know what one of our practices look like? And then you trying to play against a team that move the ball, swing the ball. Like, it was hard, Alex. It's hard. I mean, the best time of my life, but hard. Now, going into the NCAA tournament, and you, I think you mentioned this uh, a minute ago, you guys play East Tennessee State. Right. That was another big shot. But before the big shot, the uh, point guard from East Middle Tennessee State gave us like 35. Mm. And he's like he was a little itty bitty thing. I remember that. What was his name? I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name, but oh god, he could play, man. Uh, but you know what it is? Back then, those black colleges were showing those universities that they could play with each other. Yeah. But nobody wasn't saying nothing about it because East Middle Tennessee State took us to the overtime, and they should have never took us to the overtime. But that doesn't discredit their players. And then look what they did the next year. They come right back the next year and go all the way to the Sweet 16. You guys end up losing to uh, Illinois. Illinois, great team. Now, talk about, and I, I love, this is one of my favorite questions to, to ask former players. After your last game wearing a college basketball uniform, wearing a Bearcat uniform, what was that emotion like in the locker room for you? Oh, I was, honestly, I, was, I think, I think, uh, I remember Andy saying something, AK saying something to me like, he's not even crying or anything, because I knew my next journey was, I knew my next journey was getting ready to be something special. Right, and professional. I, yeah. Oh yeah, because I had a great game that Illinois game. I led the team in scoring the Illinois game. So I knew going into the next phase of my life, of basketball was gonna be cool, so I, I gave hugs the hug when I came off the court, but 
I can't lie, like most 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 guys crying. Yeah. That wasn't me, because I knew what I was getting ready to do. That wasn't me. It was just, I, the, just the beginning of your journey. Other, other, than, other than the incident of my junior year quitting the team and coming back, I think I gave the, uh, the city of Cincinnati on the court and off the court. I got more friends in here than more Bearcat. I got more friends outside than Bearcat fans probably in the city of Cincinnati. Mm. And that's a fact. I got people that don't even know nothing about basketball in the city of Cincinnati because of Tony. I go anywhere I want to go around here. <laughs> yeah, that's real. So it was beyond basketball to me, uh, bro, bro. Like, I wanted to get out in the city and meet people. And then when you tell somebody, like Jim, my girl was saying she was telling her boss, her, her, the guy that works for her, that I played at Cincinnati. The first thing he mentioned was Bob Huggins. He yeah. didn't want to talk to her about me. Yeah. So it's hugs, man. Yeah. Come on, you know. Oh, I do. I do know. And look what you're doing for us. Thank you. Look what are you doing for us. We didn't have this years ago. Yep. Nobody was coming back. Yep. Corey didn't care about coming back. We, I tell the truth, man. You yep. doing this. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. If you don't do it, who else don't do it? I appreciate that. Come on, man. And you a walk-on. I know. Do anybody realize how hard it was for you to walk on at a 97, it's, 98 basketball team? It's tough. On, Absolutely. Man. Come on, man. I appreciate that. Come on, man. My guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, when you look back on your on your career here, playing for the Bearcats, and you reflect on it, what are your thoughts? All right. My top five Bearcats of all time. Oh, wait, you're going to give us your list here? Yeah, I'm going to give you my list. Corey, you ready? My top five Tony Bearcats. Tony Bobbitt's all... top five Bearcats of all time. And Oscar, Oscar, Oscar doesn't count. Okay, Oscar's not on the Oscar. list. Oh, we okay. get, so we get, we get, listen. We get, no, no, we don't, hold on, wait, he's, he played when they were midgets. Like, yeah, that's real. And he dribbled with one hand. Like, Stop. <laughs> who, me? No, 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 I didn't need to, catch and shoot. Listen, other than Oscar, he's on his own pedestal. Okay, top five, let's start at number five. Corey Blunt. Shit. Corey Blunt? Hell there yeah. we go. Listen, listen, listen. Hey, round of applause for that, Corey Blunt. Listen. Number at, at my four, at my four. Number four. My four, we, I get six, I get, I get to have a starting five, and I get a six man. Okay. So at my four. I know where you're going with this, so. <laughs> at my four, Kenyon. Absolutely. At my three, Herb Jones. Love it. At my two, DeMar Johnson. Slim. And at my point guard, you get mad at me when I say this, but I can't deny it. I love me some Steve Logan. Mm. I love mm. me some, hey, Nick, Nick is the man, and Nick did his thing, but Lowe was like something. When I saw Steve Logan, I was like, I wanna go there, because Hugs let him shoot. Mm -hmm. Now when we talk about the person that come off the bench, you looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, tell, tell the fans, you came off the bench, and a lot of people don't remember that. And when we talk about six men, we, and Corey and I, and, and you were talking earlier, like, you know, T-Rat, Terrace Gibson came off the bench. You came off the bench. That's tough to get a lot of guys to buy into that. But you bought into that. We, 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 so my starting five was Armin Kirkland, Phil Williams, James White, Jason Maxill and uh, Kareem Johnson. If you start me and take Armin out the game, then who gives you any firepower coming off the bench? Mm -hmm. So when Hugs like drilled that in my head, I was like, all right. And I got the whole city behind me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. my jersey in the stoves. Yeah. All right, I got you. Now, in fairness, you may have not started the game. Oh, I always but ended it. Who in me. You ended the game. Me. Ball in my hand. Nobody in the history of this school ever shot the ball the way I shot the ball, and, and from a higher percentage. I know y'all got a lot of fans in here. Do your numbers. Look up your numbers. Google. Google. <laughs> Google's your friend. And I only played two years. Yeah. That, that's another thing. Most people don't know you only played two years and you were the sixth man. We played for Bob Huggins, so everything was defense. So I felt like when I got on offense, I just do what I want to do. 
Now, we've mentioned Corey Blunt quite a bit. He had a long pro career. Let's talk about your pro career. So uh -huh. what happened after you finished playing for the Bearcats? Talk about your journey to play professional basketball. So after I left L.A. with Corey them, I went on to Seattle right before I got released from Seattle, and then I went to Italy, and that's when I met Herb. And when I, when I was playing in Italy, I was playing, Euro, I was, I was playing Euro League, and I didn't know the, I didn't know the difference in, in, in leagues over there. Well, come to find out, Euro League is one of the top. So I was able to win the Ulip Cup. I won my first Ulip Cup with Herb. And then that helped me a lot. So then when I left Italy, I went over to uh, Madrid and I played in Madrid. And when I left Madrid, I came back to Italy and I played for, uh, I think I played, yeah, I played for a team in Bologna. The best thing about playing pro basketball, and I try to tell kids this, all you gotta do is be good at one thing. Absolutely. I say that all the time. All you gotta do is be good at one thing. I agree. And I can shoot. And I got along with people. Great, great career, man. I can't How many complain. years did you play overseas? Thir 13. 13. How many different countries? Jen, the passport don't even have a bird on it no more, do it? <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Everywhere. I mean, from Indonesia to, to Cyprus and the Mediterranean. Just, and it all started right across that street. Yep. Yep. Let's, let's take a little bit of a step back in your pro career, and I want to talk about Kobe Bryant. Ooh. I, I would like for you to talk about what Kobe Bryant meant to you. I got a true story about Kobe. And I got a better story. Kobe had just scored 61 points against Utah. And Corey walks in the back room, and Kobe looks at Corey and says, um, Man, Corey, man, it's been a long time, man. You know, I'm, I'm retiring, but man, I got to tell you guys this because it was Corey, Ruben, it was the whole clique. He looked at Corey, he said, Man, you Bearcat buddies, y'all wild and crazy, but ain't none of y'all got nothing on Bobby. I learned so much from playing with Kobe, and when we got the news, that hurt me. So how'd you find out that, that Kobe passed away? Me and Jen were at the house minding our own business, not even watching TV, and our good, our good friend called us and said that he went down in the helicopter. Were you like me? You just didn't believe it and thought it was like a you know made-up... It's TV, you know what I'm saying? So you have to pick and choose your poison. But once I made some phone calls and then Corey called me and confirmed it. Mm. But playing with Kobe Bryant is probably one of the best moments of my life. Yes, you're talking about a technician, a real technician. Like, I see, I see the reason why he had a long career in the NBA. Because to be on their level, mm -hmm. yeah. You got to come bring it every day. And Kobe brought it every, and then you got to think about it. Corey was a Laker in the ninth, well, yes, in the nineties. So when Corey came back, Kobe and Corey were like that. So then when, 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 when Kobe saw the way that Corey treated me, had no problems, Alex. Yeah. No problems, none, what, zero. What were the workouts like with Kobe? Have you ever told him Kobe workouts? No, he's never told me. Kobe told me one day, Kobe said, Bobby, if you could beat me to the gym for a week straight, I'll buy you any kind of car you want. <laughs> that sounds like some shit Kobe would say, wouldn't it? <laughs> that sounds like something. We're on the bus. We're on the bus headed to Dallas. And I'm picking on Kobe because you know Kobe couldn't dress at all. But he looks over at his canary in his ear and he says, Bobby, my canary in my ear is worth more than your contract. Mm. What can you say? Can't say nothing. Kobe, hey, Corey, he could play, couldn't he, Corey? Up close every day. We got a chance to watch it every day, Corey, for two years. Huh? Do you know what it's like to get in that triangle offense and get on that island and Kobe got the ball and you're trying to guard Kobe and you're like, man, you can have this shit. Now, on the court, how much trash talk Corey? You got to think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Corey Blunt is from L.A. So Corey might, Corey might, 
Corey might pull a card and say, say something else. You got to come outside. <laughs> but Corey and Kobe came in together almost. Corey came in the league a little bit older than Kobe, but they're like brothers, man. These boys got yeah. along for real. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't fake with Corey and Kobe. Right. Yep. But trash talking? Corey Blunt. Okay, minus Kobe Bryant, who was the toughest person you ever had to guard? Dwayne Wade. Talk about that. Different. Different. Just, just determined, determined to do what he want to do on the court. And when you determine to do what you want to do, and you meet, a, it's like fighting. If I hit, it's like boxing. If I hit you and you don't hit me back, I'm gonna keep hitting you, right? You hit D Wade, he gonna hit you back. Mm -hmm. So, and when he came in the shoemaker and got thirty and he got thirty and fifteen that day, there, there weren't many that would come yeah. into our arena. Our arena. He got 30 and 15 now. So I, I will tell you this. When I played, I will never forget Lamar Odom in Rhode Island yes. had to come to Jim Harris. And, and Hug said he's not going to – Lamar and Catino are not going to come in here and score 20. Lamar had eight that game. Right. And Catino had like 10. We would we, shut down people. But we, for Dwayne Wade to come in here and drop that, you're special. We couldn't do nothing with Dwayne Wade. I'll tell Jen the truth. What, me and her, we watch college basketball. We, we, we watch it all. So I tell her the truth. Dwayne, oh, I'll tell you somebody else too. Let's not forget. Francisco Garcia from oh, Louisville. Yeah. Yep. Francisco. Francisco was another one that came in here and got us too, but he didn't win. D Wade won. Yep. I tell you, man. Hugs would prepare us for the best scouting report ever. But Dwayne Wade, bro, the toughest I played against besides Kobe. So. One thing that I, we've talked about this before on a past podcast, but, you know, one thing I want to talk about, how important, you know, sport is for young people, for, you know, adults, as such a release. Tony, can you talk about how sports was so important for you and therapeutic when your mother was murdered and you had to deal with that and how basketball was kind of that safe haven and that release for you. I don't think, I don't think without the basketball, I could deal with it. I think, I think a lot of us from inner cities or where, wherever, any anytime something like that tragic happens, I think you have a safe haven. Yep. So, my safe haven was like getting that ball, just going on the court. I'm at peace when I'm playing basketball. Period. But at that time in my life, you know, you're a 16 year old kid. And most kids tend to, which I did some, and I can tell the truth, I did. Most kids tend to run to the negative side of, of, of you know, of the, of, the, of the issue. But I was able to get back on track and use that basketball as my sanctuary and understand, like, if I play this and I do what's right, maybe God do got something in store because I could have just easily gave up, right? I could have easily just felt sorry for myself and would have been like, whatever, oh, why, why me? You know, poor me, but... Basketball, man, because I love it. If you, and if you love something, you know what it is. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So there was a young man that played high school basketball in Cincinnati, and his father passed away. And he told me that one game he was playing in was getting towards the end of a high school game. Okay, he's one of the best players on the team. And his father had passed away. And he hit the game-winning shot. And he said prior to shooting that ball, he felt his dad. Like his dad yeah. pushed that ball into the basket. For you, Tony, you know, as you were going along and your, and your mother was no longer with you, did you feel her presence on the court? And did you have those signs? Me and Jen talk about it all the time. My mama had died on a Sunday. And that Tuesday, I came back and had 62. So it was like everything I was throwing up. Was going in. Was going in. I mean... Death is upon all of us. We're all going to face death. But at that age, and, and the way I and the way I went, and the way the death went about, I wasn't ready for that. So I had to no take one that, is. I had to take that basketball, Alex, and take it serious. And I always thought I was the best player on the court. Always. I, now, and that goes by saying even when I was playing professional ball. But if I'm playing basketball, then I don't have to listen to this or listen to that. 
I don't have to hear I don't have to hear see my sisters still in the house crying or still dwelling off the fact that mom's dead. You know what I'm saying? I could get away from that. So when I do get back to the house, everybody sleep. You know what I'm saying? I take yeah. my shower, look in the microwave. You know how we did it as kids, get our food, eat, mind my business. But I will say sports is a huge factor in children's lives when death is upon them. Because, yeah. I mean, it helps a lot of us. That's therapeutic. Right. Yep. Tony, where do you get, first, two-part, where do you get your personality from, and where do you get your supreme confidence from? Shit, I'm the best-looking bearcat that done come uh, through uh, here. Uh, <laughs> Corey, we, get, we don't have to Google that. <laughs> we, Hell, nah. We know that's the... <laughs> hey, I ain't never had a problem getting the ladies when I was in school. <laughs> I ain't never had that problem. I am a... I am a beautiful man. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Nah, man, you know. I used to tell hugs, man, listen. Don't hate because you don't look like this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I tell you, me and Corey talk a lot. Like, seriously. Me and you talk a lot, right? You do. You can't play in the NBA if you ain't got no confidence. Absolutely. You can't, you can't do nothing in this world no more if you ain't got no confidence. I tell, I tell my girl all the time, you can't be, she's a boss. You can't be the boss if you ain't got no confidence, right? If you walk, if you walk, if you walk into an NBA locker room, we can sniff you out the minute, the minute you hit the door. Yep. I can tell if you soft. I can tell if you've been a mama's boy your whole life. I can tell if you bust your butt to get there. I, I, it's just... I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna stop you from letting you be. I'm never gonna stop me from letting you stop me from being me. I'm gonna be me regardless. I mean, me and me and B Mac talk about it a lot, and it's real what he says. Like seriously though, with the strength of, with the strength of God, if you ain't got confidence in you, then who do? I gotta have confidence, and I'm playing like I'm playing on national TV. Remember, you know, I tell guys this. We played for UC, baby. We played at, they play at Nick at night. They play at Nick at night now. Nobody's watching. When we were playing, everybody's watching. So you got to have confidence. And I didn't go to the little college clubs. I went to the real clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. Now, I played with some ugly teammates now <laughs> don't don't that, get me started now it's, it's, uh, who are you talking about oh <laughs> god <you're... laughs> Wait, hey no I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna let yourself get in trouble <laughs> hey no, i'm not gonna get in trouble hey you don't want to no. have to do the podcast with it i'm not oh man oh man i'm gonna leave that one alone um let, let's do let's do a quick thing here let, let, let's do a quick thing before you you get us in trouble uh i want to do three Quick questions with you. When you played for the Bearcats and you were getting hyped, not that you need anything to get you hyped up, but when you're getting hyped up before a game, what music were you listening to? Hey, this might sound funny to y'all. I used to live right there, right behind the building right here where the hill go down. The most, the most impressive thing to me was watching the fans walk down the hill, talk about the game. I didn't need no music. I would walk with the fans. Did you? I love my UC fans, man. I'm a UC. Only thing, and listen, I don't got no tattoos. They got enough for me. I don't got no tattoos, but I love my Bearcat Nation. I, I mean, sorry about Xavier again this year. I mean, it is what it is. I, I enjoy watching the fans, man. I had a guy, he would spray paint his whole body 15 and he would go get a, a headband and he would get the arm sleeve. I wish I could find him to this day. I ain't caring about no music. I, want, I wanted the fans. Because the fans is what make us and break us. Yeah. And most athletes don't understand that. Because they get, you know, some of these guys get a paycheck and they happy with it. They don't understand it's these hard earned working fans that, that pays their paycheck. Yeah, true. All right, question number two. And, and Corey, I want you to listen to this question here. I've asked him this before, so I'm prepared. I think you're going to know the answer, but we want to know the details. Tony Bobbitt. If Tony Bobbitt in his prime, basketball prime, 
played Bob Huggins in his basketball prime one-on-one, -on -one, who would win and what would be the score? It wouldn't be no game because we're going to end up fighting. <laughs> you know. I, who, who would win the fight? Huh? Ooh. <laughs> Hugs, hugs fight. Hugs would fight. I, the stories you guys hear, you should have saw it. Like, Hugs would say, he would, he would do it, but then he'd console us and love us, too, at the same time. So, a fight between Tony Bobbitt and Bob Hugs. I just can't let him get, I can't let him get close to me. That, that he might get you with the reach. Well, he got those hands. You yeah. ever seen his hands, Corey? Big hands. He got them big old hands. But I'll tell you this. Who would win a fight between Eric Hicks and Curtis Bostic? Celebrity death match. <laughs> Art Lone. Art Lone and Jason Maxill. <laughs> Armin Kirkland and Corey Blood. Hey, don't, don't. Stop. I'm cutting you off there. I'm going to question number three. Question number three, and I usually ask every former player this question. During your playing time with the Bearcats, okay, your two years, if you could pick one teammate, if you had to go to battle. Eric Hicks. Why? Eric Hicks. Well, at least let me finish it for everybody's here. If you had to go to battle, what player would you, what teammate would you take with you? Your answer is Eric Hicks. Tell Eric why. Because. Eric can, Eric can cuss you out, laugh at you, and give you a hug in the same time out. Am I right? True. Shut up! Come here. I love you, dog. <laughs> Eric Hicks. Um, me and Eric live together. And remember when Eric came in, Corey, Eric was shot. Eric got shot coming in. That's what stopped Eric from being a McDonald's. Well, Eric was a McDonald's All-American, but he couldn't play in the game. So... When Eric came in, and I realized how cool and and, and 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 to be honest, man, as college students, we all want guys around us that you could trust and you could depend on. And Eric was one of those guys. And when 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 Corey would come home, it would be us three. It'd be me, Corey, and Eric. I mean, Corey, Corey saved a lot of us guys. Like they don't understand CB. They don't understand what you had to put up with coming from hugs, yelling and screaming. They don't understand it. It's Eric. It was, it's Eric. Like, we go in the club and Eric got his shirt off with a big old chain on walking around. Oh, boy. You're not going to mess with Eric. Yeah. And he got his hair out, especially when he had the fro. Yep. Now, now the, the funny thing about you and Hicks is you guys are still so competitive with each other. Oh, yeah. So I interviewed Eric Hicks uh, back in the pandemic for the podcast. I interviewed you. And you guys were, like, secretly competing where Hicks was like, hey, man, how many people listen to Tony's? And then he would go, how many listen to mine? I got to do mine again. I got to get more numbers. You guys, and, I, and he called me when I told him you were coming in to do this. So he's like, I'm, I'm coming in. Eric, so by being roommates with Eric, Eric was... I don't know. It was, I, I tell Gene all the time, I'd rather have Eric Hicks in a foxhole any day of the week with me because I knew he had my back and I knew he meant good. It's like if you ask Corey who he going to foxhole with, he's going to say Nick. Everybody on each team, with you, with, like what you would say, everybody on each team has that one guy. Kenyon Martin. Right. Eric Hicks. And it's because he was consistent. He was always dependable. Yep. As a friend... If I needed Eric right now, Eric would be there for me and my family. Like, yep. if something happens to my dad, like, I know Eric could be there for me. Eric is Eric, and Eric, Eric is a true Bearcat, and Eric enjoyed playing with me, and I enjoy playing with Eric. All right, so, Tony, I'm going to need your help with this. Bearcat fans, I'm going to need your help with this as well. Prior to going on the podcast, we had a debate going, which was started by Tony. The debate was with, with Corey Blunt. The greatest team under Bob Huggins, during H Bob Huggins' era, the greatest Bearcat team. Tony, your answer. The 92 team. He, the, the 92 he, team. Oh, Because you, you, you guys only got Kenyon. Wait a minute, you weren't saying that before we started. Well, I'm, 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 speaking, I'm, speaking, 
I'm speaking facts because if if imagine you guys playing against that '92 team, Corey, you guard Kenyon, right? Who guard her from their team? Melvin, Pete, Michael. Who? Probably Pete Michael would, would guard. I'm not saying shutting him down. I'm saying that's again, who would, again, who? That's who would have to guard him. But then who guards, who guards Nick? Uh, probably Mel. Who? Mel would have to. Levy? Or Jawan Baker. Okay. Those are the only two that. I'm saying that's who would match up with Y'all wasn't even better than us, bro. Stop it. Y'all just had Kenyon. Stop it. We got more NBA pros. We had Logan. We have Ruben Patterson, the listen, Kobe stopper. Listen, who gonna stop Bobby? Who gonna guard me? Rube. Remember, I'm 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 the only Rube. Listen, listen Rube? to me. What, what, listen if, to what, me. what about Rube on you? Listen to me. If you a real Bearcat fan and you watched basketball back in 2000, from 2000 on up, didn't nobody shoot the ball more than me. I had the purple light. <laughs> hey. Corey. Do you have a question? Hey, hey, they would come down the court and look at hugs like this, look for a play. I didn't even look his way. And, and hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, CB. In the history of UC, that's a fact. How many players have we had off the bench lead the country in points? I can name it, me. Uh, Corey Blunt, could you come forward? I, I need your come help on, a little man. bit. I need, come on, man. I need, to, I need to call in a sub. Come on, man. Everybody give it up again for Corey Blunt. Come on, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I got a question. I, this is an honest question. Okay, and I got my question about my money with you and Kobe. There you go. They don't know about that. Honestly, have you ever taken a bad shot in your life? Ladies and gentlemen, when I walk in the gym, I'm open. <laughs> but what's a bad shot? Any shot you take. When I watch, listen, honestly, when you, that film that I gave you, you should see the way you guys was playing. Every time y'all make a mistake, y'all would look over at Coach Huggins. Oh, like he, had right us, he had us shook at that time. Never had me shook. Oh. Never had me shook because he, he couldn't take, he couldn't take, couldn't me, take you out. He couldn't take me out yeah, the game. We, we, we were forced to understand that we had a hell of a bench. They didn't have no bench. So he was What? Able, you, who was y'all bench? Robert Whaley. Who? Suleiman. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he, just named, he just named some guys that I only... Yes, sir. And we did have Terrence Gibson who would lock this dude up. A.D. Jackson would lock this dude up. Nick really didn't have to play no defense because once them two came NBA. off the bench, his job was done. NBA. NBA. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this, though. All true, I got I to gotta admit this. The reason I love Tony Bobbitt so much is the fact that I was getting ready to retire and Phil Jackson asked me this is a true story. to come back to the Lakers to retire a Laker, and I really appreciated that. But the only reason he asked me to come back That's was true. to control this dude right here. So That's, That's why story, I love Tony CB. Bobbitt. I got me an extra million and a half because of Tony <laughs> Bobbitt. <so. laughs> That's a true story, bro. Oh, no, I, I believe it. CB, that's a true story. They really need to know that, too, CB. Hey, listen, Bearcat fans, again, I, I need everybody. This guy flew from Idaho, from Boise, Idaho. Hey, I live in Boise, y'all. Yeah. I, Why? Boise, Idaho, to come Why? here to be on the podcast. I asked him to come and be on the podcast. He agreed to do it and go to the Bearcat game tonight and support the Bearcats. Can we have a round of applause for Tony Bobbitt? Hey, I will say this, though, Bearcat Nation. I do want to give a special shout-out to the owner, ma'am. Thank you. And I also want to say great job to the football team this year. Yeah. Shout-out to the football team. So I don't know. I don't, I don't get a chance to come back as much, but Alex made it worth my while. Absolutely. You, You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, Tony, let me, let me give him his flowers. I'm going to tell you what. When you look back at UC basketball and you look at all the players that have played at UC, you know, a lot of people put their blood, sweat, and tears on the court. And you could put Tony Bobbitt in the top five of guys who gave it all wearing that red and black. So once again, round of applause for our guest, 
Tony Bobbitt. You're very welcome. Bearcat fans, uh, Tony is going to go sign the Wall of Fame over here. If you want to talk to him, say what's up, get some pictures, he'll be available. And uh, please enjoy the Bearcat game tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>